face to face, hand to hand, film to film. Welcome to another episode of Film to Film. The best podcast about movies or whatever else I want to talk about <coughs> and James wants to talk about in the world. <laughs> um, well, my name is Iñaki Inero. I'm here with my good friend James. Hey James, how are you doing? I am doing all right, Inyaki. We're talking about, um, I think, the most contemporary film. At least uh, we've done a couple of contemporary films, but this one's a, a very um, hot film at the moment as we are in the middle of Oscar season and this is one of the films nominated. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I think that's that's why we picked it, uh, to have a reason to watch one of the Oscar films. Um, well, we also, uh, previously we talked about uh, Mole Agent, and that's, uh, that's also, that was also uh, nominated. So. Oh, was it? Did, for yeah. Best Foreign or Documentary? Documentary. <clears throat> oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think... You know that's the kind of movie that would get uh, uh, foreign. Well, I think I think it's called international film. Is it okay? Because actually, it'd make a big difference. Like, because like foreign language wasn't it? Isn't it foreign language? Because like if it's international, it, it used to be. Oh, they changed it. Oh, okay. There yeah, go. yeah. Because it's like, couldn't we get like a Canadian film coming here and like win a bunch of stuff? Not that the Canadians make good movies. I mean, if it's French Canadian, it would have won uh, best foreign language film. That's true. That's true. And, and and French Canada is the one that makes good movies. I don't think there's any like. I don't know if there there are any good movies from you know, the other Canada. Toronto. The main. <laughs> yeah, from Toronto, Vancouver. I mean, a lot of films are shot in Vancouver. Almost everything. Yeah. Everything in America, certainly everything set in Seattle. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, let's uh let's get to it. Yeah, so um you know today we uh, today we're going to be talking about a promising young woman. You know, uh, and the the best film to be talk for two dudes to be talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um. So James, what do you think of it? You know, I actually uh, quite like this film. Um, I liked it more than I expected. Um, I kind of went in, I knew it was kind of a controversial film coming in, um, uh, and this is probably my fourth or fifth Oscar-nominated film that I've seen this year, um, and I think it might be one of my favorites of those. Um, not that I have, like, a one that I rank as, like, as good as maybe, like, last year's winner, uh, Parasite, but, you know, I, I, I really, uh, I thought the film had a lot to say, and I thought it mostly worked. What'd you think? I actually really liked it as well. Um, there were moments where, you know, like I, I thought I might not like it. And then uh, it, it, within its twists and turns, I thought uh, it was a really good movie. Um, also agreed, like, you know, not to the level of what, of what we saw on 2019 and like other 2019 picks like Parasite. But uh, definitely a a good movie. I have not seen the other uh, nominated films uh, for Best Picture, at least, and because of that, I wouldn't be able to make a comparison. But uh, you know, if this one won the Oscars, I would think, oh, that's great. Yeah, I don't think it's going to, but uh, you know, uh, it's a good film, good movie. I mean, uh, you know, even though uh, the Oscars got uh, the Academy got rid of Weinstein, 
there are a lot of waste well, probably there are a lot of Weinstein esque characters voting still today. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, also it's like I don't know. I mean, I, I, this is such a weird year. It's like judging it versus a lot of these films. I mean, like I've seen half of the films and I haven't seen Nomadland, which I think is the front runner. So I don't. I mean, I'm not even sure how to judge it. Uh, but yeah, mm. um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm curious how it does. Yeah. Yeah, and I need to watch the other movies to, you know, really have a, a real opinion about or a comparison. And anyways, this is not a, an Oscar speculation uh, podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about movies, uh, but we both liked it, uh, which is good. Um, yeah, I'll go real quick uh, about the, you know, details about behind the movie. So you know. Uh, writer and director. Uh, this was written and directed by Emerald Fennell. I think that's how you say her name. I've heard it said Emerald Fennell. I don't know. Oh, Fennell. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, don't want to screw that up. Uh, this would be like her feature film director directorial debut. So that's uh, I mean, really fucking impressive. Uh, for a debut. Uh, you know, she's she's known mainly as an actor. Uh, she's currently in The Crown. And she has gotten some awards for her writing in the TV show Killing Eve. So, uh, I mean, I'm just impressed that, you know, this would be your, dear, like, as a debut, debut, this is really good. It is, yeah. Um, uh, the movie, uh, the, the music or soundtrack uh, was done by Anthony Willis. Uh, cinematography by Benjamin Benjamin Craken. I don't know how to pronounce it. It has one of those funny C letters, but not the Brazilian one, which I actually, uh, <laughs> not the Portuguese one, which I actually would know how to pronounce, but another one. Um, and yeah, as you mentioned, this movie has been nominated for be uh, for best picture, but also best director, best lead actress, uh, best original screenplay, and best editing. What about <laughs> cinematography? Was it on there for that? No, it was not. Okay, interesting. Um, yeah, it is interesting. Uh, another interesting thing, talking about best foreign films or not, uh, this movie won BAFTA for best screenplay, screenplay and outstanding... No, sorry. Yeah, this won best screenplay as well as outstanding British film. Because <laughs> it's a British lead and British director? I, I guess so. Okay. Yeah, even though the production company is uh, Lucky Chap Entertainment, which is by Margot Robbie, which, who, as far as I know, is not British. I think she's Australian. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. <clears throat> Tom Akerley, Josie Nicknamara, and Sophia Kerr. I'm pretty sure most of them are not British. And I mean, like, also, that, the movie that, is not set anywhere close to Britain, so. <laughs> so, yeah, it's. Uh, Whatever. Well, I could let them take credit, but this film's really American. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I mean, so it goes to say, like, whatever wins, like, next time, you know, this movie should have been nominated for Best International Film. <laughs> yeah. Very category-fluid <laughs> film. Yeah. Um, it is highly rated on uh, Rotten Tomato, uh, Metacritic. It's kind of highly ra high rated on an IMDb. It's kind of high rated. <laughs> Generally speaking, we don't care too much about that stuff. Um, right, right. 
also you know like there's certain films that that based on their subject matter they will get get uh in my opinion a rating inflation um and this but this is not one of those. No. Like the subject matter could give you an inflation, but not. This one deserves like the high rating. I mean, I think if anything, um, especially on IMDb, uh, a film like this could get uh, rating deflation um, because it is very uh, female-oriented. I think female-made. Um, I think a lot of the aesthetic uh, has a lot of feminine qualities to it as well. Um, and uh, IMDb is kind of infamous, infamously... Uh, voted down some of those films like deliberately um, in a way so uh, true but th- that's why in IMDb it has a 7.5 so it's a little bit lower that's still a solid rating for for it though no it is yeah. it is but I mean like it's not a 9 or something like that whatever the fuck Parasite is exactly uh, yeah so I mean and and I think uh, audience score is lower than that or well no no that would be Rotten Tomato yeah Rotten Tomato I think lo- audience score is like lower okay so I mean, yeah, it gets its hate for its subject matter, because I mean, like usually, but I'm saying like the the inflation is when you get you get it's from the critics based on subject matter. Yeah. Okay. So you're making more comment on Rotten Tomatoes slash a little bit of Metacritic. Yeah, Metacritic is kind of a mix. I, I've noticed lately. Yeah. Okay. Um. So. Even though we we have mentioned the subject matter, I mean, like basically the main theme. Or at least how it's advertised in many ways is that this is the, uh, you know, a rape revenge film. Uh, you know, the, they are, and I think that used to be a genre from the 70s and 80s or during the exploitation films. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, we, we'll get to that in a second. But uh, before that, I forgot. The one sentence summary. All right. So this is from IMDb. A young woman traumatized by a tragic event in her past seeks out vengeance against those who cross her path. Accurate, I guess. Um, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't reveal much, which I guess is kind of good uh, for a synopsis. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, it doesn't say a whole lot. That could be... Uh, one of many films. Yeah, I I have a little issue with uh, for those who crossed who crossed her path. I guess yeah, no, I mean that that, that makes sense. I would have said past, maybe even better. Mm. Yeah, but um, yeah. Um, but beyond nit- nitpicking aside, I think yeah, it's. I mean, it's a good synopsis for, like, without spoilers. The Wikipedia one was like ridiculously long, so you know. I always picked a short one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, where, where do we want to start? Like, talking about characters or scenes? And, like, I don't know. Themes? Uh, wherever you want to jump in. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, All right. So, one, one thing about this movie that, um, you know, I thought was very good it was basically the... I mean, before we go jumping to to themes, it's, it was aesthetics of this film. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the subject matter or the, or the main theme of this movie is about you know, like uh, if you will, like rape culture or yeah, uh, sexual assault. The sexual assault, the apology, you know, the colleges 
uh, universities being apologists of, of rape, uh, and, and grief, you know, those are really, and griefs of uh, being either a victim or someone near a victim or close to a victim. And, you know, those are really hard subject matters to address in a movie. And, uh, and one thing I, I really enjoyed about this film was that through the writing and aesthetics, it was able to actually make this an entertaining, an entertaining movie. Yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, were you tossing it to me there? Um, and also, uh, kind of a uh, a funny film. I mean, one of the I, I listened to a couple of podcasts about this film before watching uh, before uh, recording this after I watched the film. Um, and uh, it seems like one of the things that people had issues with was just uh, the way that it sort of combined these different things we associate uh, with, uh, like sort of different things. It's like. Uh, 80s slashers or 80s horror films has a certain aesthetic and I feel like a lot of recent films have sort of like tried to recreate that in a certain way and this does not do that it goes kind of in an opposite way it goes for a very um, modern palette a very Instagram mm -hmm. uh, sort of uh, different color scheme um, very feminine colors and stuff like that it would not be out of place uh, sort of just like going to like an online I don't know Pinterest or something like that uh, <clears throat> um, so I think that part is interesting, and then it combines, as you said, these sort of very weighty themes. It's like that one-sentence synopsis. You could use that to describe like uh, like films uh, made in the exploitation area, like made in Japan, made in the U.S., made all kinds of places, like Lady, Lady Slowbud from Japan, stuff like that. And those films are much, much different from this film. So it takes that sort of plot basics, and it doesn't do, take it um, straight down the line but it goes and it goes in sort of interesting and I think pretty smart ways. Um, so mm -hmm. I guess uh, I appreciated um, the way that it sort of combines these different things. And for me, I thought it worked. I, I didn't have an issue with sort of those contrasts and stuff. I thought it was very refreshing to see it in new and different ways uh, rather than just yeah. to see it sort of rehashed in sort of like a dark, gritty, grimy 80s slasher thing. I thought it was very nice to see it um, in sort of like, uh, I don't know, this very modern uh, uh, aesthetic, mm -hmm. but also um, taking back some of these older themes from uh, some of uh, older films. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, like this this movie certainly plays with um, it plays with it with I mean, with such a dark because I mean, the movie is dark. Like the the movie is dark. The movie itself. I'm not talking about like how it looks, but the movie the. The topic of the movie and everything that happens is dark. It, it has that lovely uh, ending that you know. Uh, I almost feel like it's kind of a Hollywood ending in the sense that it's kind of happy, but still, like it, it, for the scheme of things, it's it's a dark film. And uh, you know, having the bright colors, having the the music that it has, you know, uh, even in some moments. It was done to make it more entertaining. In some moments, it was to make it darker. Um, you know, one, one thing to me that comes to mind, and I, I believe this was the director's intentions, was uh, the boyfriend, uh, the the relationship montage. Mm -hmm. uh, that you know, uh, like in the pharmacy store. Yeah, the farm. They're dancing in the pharmacy to Paris Hilton. You get like, you know, these little cuts with them, like. Uh, you know, 
like waking up in bed and you you have like this whole montage of like this lovely light like almost like a an early like early 2000s rom-com uh like right before you find out that her boyfriend is like a complete piece of shit just like everyone else and i think it was just very tastefully done because it makes it even more impactful um so i mean one thing to me uh, beyond you know the aesthetics it was the music that I thought was really well done and that's why I pointed out that uh, the um, the person who did the music um, I think although I mean like a lot of the music choices weren't like original compositions necessarily no but I agree I, I do like the music of the film yeah, no, I, it was not a composition at all. Uh, I mean, I, I, is there any original composition um, in this film? I don't know. I mean, certainly the most notable pieces were not, uh, like Britney Spears and Bruce right. Hilton and that stuff. Yeah, there, it was just like, there was, <clears throat> I mean, sometimes it was like, there were just covers of pop music. Yeah, right. But, um, but uh, yeah, I don't think there was any, anything original. But the, the music was well-placed. Uh, like... For for this subject matter, like this movie keeps you intrigued the entire time. Like you want to know like what's going to happen. Um, and you know another big reason why is the main character Cassie, or the, the uh, played by Carrie Mulligan. I mean, you know she does a really great job at both playing. I mean, I. I, I <coughs> As this person seeking revenge, but also this person who is justifiably extremely depressed, and uh, you know, what were your thoughts uh, of the main character as well as the performance? Oh, I thought she was really good. Um, I thought it was a very subdued performance, um, uh, very restrained uh, in a lot of respects, um, which I thought suited it very well. Um, at points, she goes off a very wry. Uh, like persona that almost reminded me a little bit of like Aubrey Plaza in a certain way. Mm. Uh, but uh, I thought, I thought she was great. Uh, I mean, like I think uh, she deserves to be nominated for that Oscar uh, for sure. Um, uh, I mean, it's a difficult, tricky and interesting role. And mm-hmm. uh, I think uh, she nailed, I think she nailed it. I mean, I think she does grief. Well, uh, I think uh, sort of her reluctance uh, to sort of, uh, getting that relationship with the Bo Burnham character, I think she pulls that off, and I think the romance part is for the most part well done. I might have some criticisms. Uh, there is one scene in particular that I have criticisms of that you have already mentioned. Uh, that <laughs> is maybe the one scene that did not quite work for me. Uh, the Paris Hilton uh, pharmacy scene, uh, and maybe that's just because I'm a cold-hearted bastard. I don't know. Uh, I, I do know that scene has worked for some people, not for me. Um, but explain. Uh, it just, I just thought that one, like, I talked about how, for the most part, the tonal shifts and stuff like that, and different genres and uh, sort of comedy mixed with, like, these really weighty themes worked well for me. Mm-hmm. In that case, going that happy did not work for me. Is it because uh, you didn't believe it? Or is it because... Because, I mean, like, how did you take the, the, those scenes? I, I guess I didn't believe it. I, I just thought she was too depressed and too sad of a person to go that happy. 
Mm. Like that much of a happy montage. I could have gone for like 50% of that. But Got it. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I see I see where you're coming from. Because, uh, I mean, I believed it in the sense that, uh, so in the sense that like, you know, her character was sort of, her character, and I'm just going to do a Chris synopsis of the character, you know, she, I, she, throughout the movie, she, she is a person whose uh, best friend was raped back, like, maybe 10 years ago, uh, when they were in med school, her best friend was uh, raped, and... Timeline-wise, it would have up. had to be more recent than that, um, most likely, unless maybe they're both Seven geniuses. years ago? I think, I mean, so she's 30... Yeah, and if you're in med school, is start because we don't know which year, right? She probably would have started like 22, let's say. So maybe like 23 is possible, but 23, 24, 25, something like that. Right. So that would be what seven years ago? Sure, sure. Five to eight. Five to eight. Yeah, we're sucker right, for so... pedantic arguments here on a uh, film to film. Of course. <laughs> so um, between five to eight years ago, like. You know, her best friend was raped. Nothing happened. The school didn't do anything about it. No one believed her. And, uh, you know, she dropped out. And Cassie, her best friend being Nina and Cassie, played by Mulligan, uh, dropped out as well to take care of Nina. Nina dies. It is implied that she may... I mean, we don't know if she killed herself. Uh, I think she probably did. I think it might be implied. Right. That's not... Yeah, I mean, I think the implication is that, yeah, yeah, I mean, as you said, it's probably not the focus of the film, but yeah, the implication exactly. is that if the incident did not happen, she would be probably alive and well. Exactly. Um, and and since then, Cassie basically, uh, her thing is going uh, pretending to be drunk, so she's picked up by... Uh, People who are, you know, going to rape her for being drunk, or not rape her, but basically have sex with her without her consent because she's drunk. Take advantage. Uh, or take advantage. Yeah, that's be- better. Uh, and that's her thing until she re-meets Ryan, a former med school friend, who, you know, then she starts dating him, and then he starts mentioning the folks from med school and that's when she basically starts reconfronting with all those characters and at some moment you know uh realizes that everything is futile and nina's mother basically is like dude just drop it and she kind of drops it so all of that leads into ryan basically uh, her and ryan dating uh the pharmacy scene and i think I mean, that plus uh, the... I know I'm basically summarizing the whole movie, but that plus um, the dinner scene where, where, you know, she she and Ryan have with her parents. um, It sort of implies that she's finally coming back to being herself. Like, she's out of that depression. Right. So I kind of believed... The pharmacy scene. <clears throat> However, like you, I actually what I liked about it is I like I I'm telling like plot wise. I think like I think the holes were covered. However, 
I thought that the the pharmacy scene was definitely like a telling you, oh shit's gonna go bad because this is too happy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's it's the point in the movie where you're like, oh, I I know this film is way darker than this, and this is happening too early. There's like 45 minutes left on this film, so it's only downhill from here. Uh, exactly, it, it happens exactly like, at that point. Yeah, I mean, for me, I didn't have an issue with any of that really. I think the pharmacy scene was just like. Too, a little bit too much. It's like I could have done with the pharmacy scene if it was just a little more underdone. Mm. And that's probably yeah, my no. personal preference, I'll say. I mean, this is where I think maybe this movie was making fun. Like the pharmacy scene was... And maybe I'm... And I'm perhaps I'm wrong. But I think the uh, this director was sort of uh, poking fun at uh, rom-coms from... From the era where she would have been raped. <laughs> right, right. And I mean, you're probably right. The director certainly has a sense of uh, awareness of what films have come before. Uh, I mean, there's a mm-hmm. lot of different film references uh, in in the actual movie, too. Um, so, I mean, I you're probably correct um, that it's more intended um, in sort of a more ironic fashion rather than like mm-hmm. a super literal one. Uh, I'll just say I didn't care for it. Yeah, that's fine. I'll leave it at that's that. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think it was a little bit too long. Sure. Like, sure. And, and you know, you might want to be hating on, uh, <laughs> ironically, you might want to be hating uh, Paris Hilton music or, like, making fun of it. But it was bad music. So, like, having it for so long is kind of irritating. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Um. Anyways. You know, that's that's a scene that uh, I had in my list that we talked about. That's so good. Um, the other thing... So, I mean, to me, one of the things that I really liked about this movie is that although it sold us a, 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 a you know, rape-revenge film, this is more about grief mm-hmm. and dealing with it. And... Um, and the first half was about that. Unfortunately, you know, then the movie basically shows like even the nicest guy is probably a piece of shit. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, go ahead. I don't know. Like, what were your thoughts about like that? The, the, the main twist? <clears throat> well, to be honest, I did see the twist coming. I don't know if it was supposed to be too surprising but i've probably just seen too many of these stuff i'm like oh this guy's involved in med school uh he's he mentioned he's still in touch with those guys even though they're trying to cut it there's no way that he doesn't come back into sort of the central uh driving plot um right. I, I thought it was a good and necessary twist uh is he a piece of shit i guess um i mean it kind of shows you this whole film um like from al uh to uh bo burnham's character what is his character's name ryan um, uh, Ryan, Ryan, uh, Brian. Okay, uh, just Ryan. With Ryan. Okay, uh, Google uh, the subtitles messed it up. Um, <laughs> it kind of just shows the uh, banality of it all. Um, how it's like these are he's complicit in these things, mm-hmm. and he is uh, supportive of it, even if he wasn't a direct participant in it. Um, and uh, I don't know. Uh, it's it's interesting. It just it's very uh, like. 
this is someone that is like a well-respected profession. There's no coincidence that they chose medical, which is definitely one of like the highest paying and most well-respected uh, mm -hmm. fields in America um, at an presumably a somewhat elite institution. Um, and uh, it's like, it's just part of the normal culture there. And I think that's what uh, the strength of, of one of the main themes of this film is, is it just shows that this is not something that is a lower income problem at all. Uh, this is something that is a huge cultural problem uh, all around. And uh, hmm. and I think it works uh, really well in that sense. And there are people that are more directly at fault, such as Al. Um, and I thought the way we we'll get into Al later, I'm sure. But and yeah. there are also people that are more responsible, like uh, uh, Ryan. Um, that are more just casual participants and they are also at um, some degree of fault for sure. Um, and right. uh, the last point I'm going to add to this too is um, I think the film also really does a good job of showing the disparate impacts uh, of these events. I think a big mm -hmm. part for her and uh, the mom uh, of uh, 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 Nina as well as Nina is that this event was hugely impactful. It was literally a huge life-altering event that totally changed all of their lives. But for right. everyone else, she struggles to get them to even remember it. And, uh, it. and it just shows the mundaneness and the banality of it all. They don't even want to remember it, with the one exception of um, the lawyer. Um, so right. I, think, uh, I think in that sense... Uh, I uh, I really appreciate it, and I think I generally understood uh, uh, kind of what uh, direction uh, Emerald Fennell was going at, and I thought it worked quite well. No, I, I completely agree, and I, I think, um, I mean, uh, the, the thing that is, I mean, to me, one of the things that was most impactful is that many times, like, you know, especially six, five years ago, but or maybe longer, maybe like when we were in undergrad at least, like there was always like, I mean, one could have been in that in the position of Ryan, right? Like, I mean, it never happened, but it could have happened. And, and the question is always like, well, what, what would you have done? Like if that was happening and with all the assumptions and the 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 you know the victim blame victim blaming that happened back then on and shit still probably happens now you know it's like would you have stopped it would you have would you have like <coughs> done something about it and like i mean like i'm mentioning ryan as a piece of shit but at the end of the day like it's a very normal piece of shit it's a very like yeah exactly like uh and and with the with the point of views back then, because I mean, like the situation happens like pre me too, pre all these conversations that people are having. Um, and you know, the movie kind of drives that, that, that into the situation as well. Uh, one of the, uh, more powerful scenes is when, you know, uh, Cassie meets up with the director. Um, oh, sorry, not director, the Dean, uh, I think uh, Dean Walker, which is played by Connie Britton, mm -hmm. and you know, like the dean does not even remember Nina. Yep. And 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 you get all these quotes like, "Oh, but you know, like oh, we get all these accusations all every day, and you know, like, am I supposed to ruin this good this good kids 
uh, future, you know, and and like, but but as soon as she's confronted with, oh, her daughter might be in the same situation, then she freaks out, and then she, you know, admits to all the wrongs, mm-hmm. right? Um, and and yeah, I mean, as a as a dean, she's also unaffected by everything that happened, even though the school should have done something about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Al, out of all the... Like, Ryan is probably the, 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 paid a lot less than Al because Ryan is a pediatrician, right? Mm-hmm. I'm assuming. And Al is supposed to be, like, now, like, the star doctor at something. I forget what it was. And, I mean... Yeah, as you mentioned already, like, they were fine. The only pe- people who got hurt from that one night were the two, you know, the, Nina and the main character. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and again, like, that's such a hard uh, subject, like, topic, especially when I think so many are have been in that situation. Right. I mean, I think you and I... Um, uh, can also probably relate to this film in a certain way because we are almost exactly the same age or very close to the same age as the characters. Um, Everold Fennell mm-hmm. and Carrie Mulligan were both born in 1985, so they're only very slightly uh, older than us. Um, so I think it's really a film that is directed at people um, kind of our age. These people are youngish professionals, but they're like old enough that they have a past and uh the past is like a uh, kind of one that's uh very realistic and very believable um in a certain way yeah. um and it's sort of like uh you think of the decisions and stuff that was going on uh, uh at least this made me think about the stuff that was going on uh at, at uh college campus at like certain parties and stuff like that Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, thankfully, I was not involved in anything quite like that. But uh, uh, it's right. like it, it, it's a believable scenario um, in a way that is, frankly, uh, kind of disturbing to confront. Right. No, extremely believable. Um, and, you know, and it's a scenario that's still probably happening today. Probably. Um, the other and i mean one thing you know i applaud uh, the director is also that based on this is the casting of most of the actors i mean like when we're talking about al uh which we barely see him but uh you know you got you got uh what's his name bo bo burnham bo burnham uh ryan cooper i mean like that guy is i mean Besides not, like, before you find out, right? And, I mean, of course you could expect, but once you find out, like, I mean, like, he is, like, the nicest nicest guy, right? Mm -hmm. And he's good-looking and a doctor. And, you know, like, uh, Al also, like, he kind of seems like a nice guy. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Until. Yeah. I mean, I I love the casting, too. It's sort of like, um, uh. Yeah, I mean, I thought Bo Burnham as Ryan, I thought that was great. I thought he did a really good job just being, like, this very likable guy who, at one hand, is very likable and you want their relationship to work. Um, And they clearly have good chemistry, um, which Mm -hmm. I think 
uh, allowed that aspect to work. I think without that, the film doesn't work nearly as well. Um, but on the other hand, it's totally believable um, that he was uh, on this video and, and this thing happened, and he's not proud of it at this point, but it's it's a real part of his past and, and a real stain. Um, right, but here's, here's the thing, and the reason why I still, like, one thing the movie did made sure that, you know, he was never he wouldn't end up being considered a good guy in the sense that, yes, he's not proud of what happened and he might feel bad about it. But when he's questioned by the police yeah, after after she dies, <clears throat> the guy completely lies. He does not help her, no. I mean, like, it shows no. him that he is... I mean, he also says some very mean stuff as well. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, like, he, it makes it very clear that uh, he hasn't changed necessarily uh, despite uh, appearances and all that stuff. Um, exactly. And I was also going to get to Al real fast um, because I feel like Al is built up the whole film. It's like you're hearing about Al, Al, Al. You know he's going to be this real bad guy. And then at mm-hmm. the end, uh, my impression of Al was almost like he was sort of like Ed Helms in like Hangover. Uh, he's mm. like sort of like this goofy guy uh, that you wouldn't think uh, – he's not like a super villainous persona at all. He plays him like almost like he's a joke. He's playing off as a good guy. He doesn't want to – the stripper at all at his bachelor party he had told his friends that they're not going to do it uh so i thought it was kind of a very uh smart casting uh to not have and very uh, interesting that they're showing um i don't know good uh different uh not necessarily like what we would think of as like alpha male villains um in these sort of like roles as like uh basically sexual assault predators right exactly and i mean the the other one I mean I don't know if you watched New Girl but Joe, uh, the best <laughs> friend uh, of Al like in the guy who is basically like oh we we we're gonna burn her you know like I mean that's played by uh, 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 by Joe McElmore, which uh, Macklemore the third I think uh, which you know he for those who have watched New Girl you know he plays Schmidt this very lovable character so again like you 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 got that and. And then I mean, the same goes with uh, the creeps that she takes out from uh, the from the clubs. I mean, like, um, you know, like the, 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 when the movie starts, you get um, Adam Brody as the first guy. And apparently he was like a, a heartthrob in this teen show back in the day called The, the O.C. Oh. Uh, yeah, exactly. The, and then the, sec- the second one is, you know, Christopher <laughs> Charles uh, Mintz, please. Or most most known for being Fogel, uh, or McLovin in uh, Super Bad. Oh shit! Oh man, I didn't realize he's aged, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's... he's really aged. Um, interesting. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, so yeah, you get all these like. Yeah. Even they they look like nice, uh, like nice enough guys. Yeah, I mean, like I I thought it was really smart in a lot of the choices it made on that stuff. Like the dialogue as well, I thought was excellent for them. Um, mm-hmm. just how like at the beginning there's like three guys talking and it seems like the nicest one of them all is the one to, to actually pick her up um, and like the way that they just kind of like turn back the language uh, and are like very manipulative in the sort of nice guy quote unquote sense but like, right. but the film is very clear what they're after um, and uh, I think it sort of uh, pulls the veil over and I mean it just shows you that showing this stuff from a different lens, I mean, I think this film is clearly made by, uh, well, it was created by a woman, and I think having that lens and stuff really is quite illuminating um, and uh, shows stuff in a uh, 
in a different way that's uh, quite insightful, and I'm, I'm happy to have seen it. Yeah, no, me too. Do you think that because this movie was, uh, you know, written and directed by a woman, is that is why we never see Cassie killing people? Because, I mean, so one of the comparisons between, like, rape revenge films from the past and, you know, this film is that rape revenge fil films from the past, you know, you get the cathartic, cathartic moment where the rape victim or the survivor, you know, kills. And here, instead... Um, At first, we think she may or may not. I mean, at first, the first time we see something that looks like blood is, you know, from uh, right during the screen title after uh, after she encounters the first, you know, rapist or soon or want to be rapist. And you're like, you kind of think, oh, maybe she killed him. And no, she's eating a jelly donut. Um, but I'm. But there's always a question of like, what is she doing with them? And all she's doing at the end is confronting them, like kind of shame, shaming them for who they are. Mm -hmm. uh, do you think that that's, you know, do you think like a male director would have done that? As, a male writer would have written that? Or do you think, you know, this is something that is because? <clears throat> I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, in that sense, it, it does subvert the expectation. Uh, sort of like the genre expectations. I, I didn't really know the hype coming into this film, but apparently a lot of people did think it was going to be more of that classic uh, bloody rape revenge. Uh, Karen Mulligan's just going to go on a, like a killing spree and stuff. Um, but it's not that film. I'm fine with that. I'm fan fine with mm -hmm. that choice. Uh, it didn't bother me at all. Um, uh, but yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it does seem to be aware of it. As you said, it sort of teases it with the jelly donut and some of the stuff, and it's deliberately kept ambiguous. Like, what is she actually doing to these guys? Um, and it turns right. out she's not really doing much other than like confronting them and like calling them out. Shaming them. What they are. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I don't know. I, I'm not totally sure how I feel about that choice. Uh, I think I'm okay with it. Yeah, no, me too. I mean, like it is a little bit of, of a fantasy in the sense that uh, in real life she would have been killed. <laughs> Uh, sadly, like probably. much much earlier than <clears throat> I mean, there was a lot of tick marks on that notebook. Exactly. Although I, I heard that uh, or originally there was going to be a scene where she comes home like with a bruise, mm -hmm. or I think it might be a deleted scene uh, where she comes home with the bruise and then she ticks mark it with like red. So I think that the, she did color she she would color code her tick marks on how bad. The person was. Mm, I see. Okay. Because there were different colors. Because I mean, you do see the book, and the book has different colors. Mm -hmm. So I mean, you know, um, it's kind of interesting. Uh, without that, though, then we don't, we wouldn't know that. Um, now, with that said, you know, um, what were some, you know, scenes to you that, like, you know, that that you. Uh, you thought were really well done? Hmm. Uh, good question. I mean, I don't know if, if we're quite ready to go there, but uh, the finale is certainly worth talking about, uh, where she goes oh, yeah. to uh, there. Uh, um, hmm. Huh. I actually didn't necessarily mark a ton of scenes. This isn't like a super set piece filled film other than maybe the mm -hmm. end. Uh, so, I really, actually, most of my notes are more on just, like, uh, specific themes and, and that kind of thing rather than scenes. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's the scene where she confronts 
uh, Madison. I thought that was a good scene too. Uh, Allison Brie. Um, right. Who, I mean, I think it's another conscious choice to choose to cast her, uh, sort of like, uh, <laughs> from, from I, community, community, I think. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, I mean, that's, that's one of them, especially because it's really, uh, it really, it sets the, the standards of, you know, oh, we were kids, that versus, uh, that plus, well, you know, she was kind of a slut, so how should I believe her, you know? And, uh, so, yeah, I mean, thematically right. I mean, as well as how it's set. Yeah, I mean, it shows such a range of different people uh, that are mm-hmm. complicit in it that I think it's effective in that way. I mean, she's another type of person. She's like a mom. She gave birth to twins um, and a exactly. doctor, um, like a very respectable person. But, yeah. Anyways, go ahead. No, no, no. Yeah, no, exactly. No, I agree. And I mean, um, I mean, to me, this a scene that like you know definitely worked for me was the scene where she watches the video. I yeah. think it's probably one of the most effective scenes. You know, uh, Madison gives her the phone with the video and just how it's framed, how. Uh, you basically see the horror in Cass's eyes and you don't know why until you hear, you know, you, you can hear Ryan talking. Mm-hmm. Um, and the framing, the music, the sound, and thank God the fact that you do not have to watch it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, all of that is just so well made. Um, so to me, that, that that's one of the... Uh, the greater scenes in this film. Definitely one of the most, uh, emotionally impactful. Um, I, mm-hmm. I agree with that. Um, just the, sort of the way the camera is very slow and just sort of, uh, just grazes on her while she watches, um, it. I mean, in that sense, I think the film is very tasteful in the sense that it doesn't really show anything too explicit. Um, yeah, but it, it, in my opinion, it doesn't really, um, dull the impact at all. Oh no, it's it's very on your face. I mean, like you're as horrified as she is. Uh, I mean, even if you do, if you expect it, that you feel her pain, you feel the situation. Right. And once again, this is one of those scenes where uh, the set design uh, and the art design really work with it because you get all this pink, nice pink and pastel colors as you're, you know, seeing horror right. <laughs> or someone watching someone basically seeing horror um so to me i mean you know that's that's a, certainly a powerful scene um and then the other one i would say is her confrontation when with, with uh with right. al's uh attorney oh yeah yeah <laughs> we will get to we'll get to the bachelor party and the wedding okay yeah yeah, yeah. but uh her confrontation with al's attorney now I mean, if I were to nitpick, and I will, I don't think that one is very realistic. Uh, I highly doubt that any attorney, any criminal defense attorney, feels guilt <laughs> on this situation. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I, I guess this one is especially a piece of shit because he knew that you know his client was guilty. Uh, and he did things that probably are, I mean, legally speaking, are unethical. Uh, for example, you know, 
Uh, I guess he, he states that he he commonly blackmail or not black yeah blackmail like you know the survivor saying like oh you never win in trial because the jury will not you know like I will mention every time you've been a slut to the jury and the jury will not look kindly to that. I mean if that's true, if that if that were if that's what the character did, I guess you could feel bad, especially because that technically is highly unethical and also inadmissible in trial. Right. So you're just lying yeah. to someone. Well, as the attorney at law of this podcast, do you think that that part is realistic? The, that someone would be basically doing tactics like that? I mean... Do you think that fuck, happens? I mean, I, I, here's the part where, like, you know... There's my wishful thinking and the reality. Uh-huh. Perhaps, I mean, knowing Michael Cohen used to do those kind of threat letters to stupid to to people for stupid things that were completely li- complete lies. You know, like Michael Cohen would like lie, uh, uh, lie on on these threat threat letters, season disease letters, uh, on behalf of our former President Trump. I think. Um, in that situation, yeah, I think uh, probably it is true, uh, but it would be highly unethical. Okay. Um, yeah. So, because, so you don't think it's that part's unrealistic? You think the more part that's unrealistic, it's just him being repentant? Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I could. Yeah, believe, I could believe that. Yeah, it's. I mean, <clears throat> I. Obviously, I cannot talk for all attorneys, but we're all like self-righteous assholes. <laughs> well, I mean, I thought that scene also kind of shows um, that all she really wants is recognition that something yeah. bad happened uh, because she doesn't do anything to him. It's like once he uh, seems genuinely sorry and like that, he becomes an ally to her as opposed to um, uh, like she's not like, well, too late for that. It's too late for uh, uh, Nina, so you're gonna still uh, get beat up by this guy I hired. Um, right. No, that's true. That's true. Also, it helps when it's being played by um, what's his name? Alfred Molina. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, that that definitely. Uh, I mean, it definitely shows that you know she she is forgiving. Yeah, I mean, it's just forgiveness. very sad that no one really asks for the forgiveness until uh, until she forces their hand, in the case of Madison and Dean Walker. Yep. Actually, it, yeah, also in the case of Ryan, in the case of, even in the case of Al, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, it's, uh, yeah. No, I agree. Um so anyways, bachelor party. Okay, we're going there. We're <clears> going <throat> there. Um, were you scared for her in that scene? Like fr- from the beginning, like I guess to me, as soon as she goes to bachelor party by herself, puts that wig on, I'm like, fuck, something's going to, bad It's going to happen to her. Well, to be honest, um, I didn't think anything uh bad was going to happen to her just because uh you know i think in most films uh like that are somewhat follow the structure she is able to accomplish her revenge by uh like doing what she intends to do and so far to date all her plans had been executed just about perfectly 
Uh, she had had no mm-hmm. real issues um, up until that point. So, um, I mean, I thought maybe there was some film danger and there would be some suspense. And you know it's not going to go exactly as planned because Al is the big bad in the film. Uh, mm-hmm. But I thought uh, – I'll put it this way. The uh, party did not go as I expected it to go. Right. Yeah. I mean, I did not think she was going to die no. either. But I thought that shit was going to go bad. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Uh, I mean, like, what kind of a finale is it if shit doesn't go bad? Exactly. I mean, you're already in on the third act. Shit's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, how shocked were you <laughs> uh, on how she dies? Um, I thought it was really good. Uh, I mean, I, I was quite surprised um like you keep thinking that maybe there's a way that she's going to get out of it some way and the uh-huh. way that the camera just holds and holds and holds and holds um it's it's a tough watch uh but yeah i, I think uh it's a it's a uh an effective directorial decision to just do that and you just sort of uh-huh. keep hearing muffles and muffles and muffles uh and it doesn't cut at all it just forces you to watch the whole thing yeah no, I, I agree. Uh, I think that's one of the roughest, like, actual scenes you see. Or, sure. or the roughest scenes you see. Um, and, I mean, it also shows that, like, Al has not changed. He's still willing to kill in order to uh, protect his reputation. Uh, he has not reformed uh, at all. Because to let her live, he doesn't have to do anything. She wasn't even going to kill him. Um, so it shows that he does not uh, value her life. Exactly, and uh, not just him, but Joe. I mean, oh yeah, Joe too. J- Joe, uh, I mean, we are see- like we don't see the other friends, but I'm guessing they helped out. Uh, that's possible. I I feel like the film doesn't totally implicate them, but you're probably not wrong in a practical sense. Um, right? But yeah, the way it. Uh, I mean, Joe is clearly at fault. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, and like Let the me, dialogue ju- they have afterwards. I mean, it's like so good, uh, very devastating, but so good. Like, uh-huh. it's not your fault. Um, and uh, I was—I wish I could take credit for this, but I was listening to a podcast uh, before on the film, and they're saying that's sort of like what you would say to like a victim of uh, sexual assault or something like that. And it's almost using the oh. exact same dialogue. Like, oh man, that's like super, super smart. It's like yeah. very ironic. Um, so I thought that was a—I uh, thought that was a fantastic touch. We should probably give credit to whoever said that. Uh, Final Girls podcast, one of the people right. on there. There you go. Got it. Um, not that we're going to do free advertisement, but I, I want to give credit <laughs> where credit is due. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, with that said, um, you know, then, like, this movie does a little bit of the Hollywood thing in that it gives you some sort of justice and that's in the wedding. Yeah. Now, are you, what do you think? Do you think that that was good, bad? Uh, because, I mean, like, <clears throat> basically, it turns her into a, com- a complete genius who knew that she may, or may, she may die and she basically has a plan B <laughs> in case she dies to implicate... 
you know, Joe and uh, Al in her death. I, I, I personally was totally okay with it. I thought it was fine. Uh, I thought it gave the film the cathartic end that, you know, was very satisfying. Um, uh-huh. And, uh, you know, uh, what part of me also is like, yeah, everyone's always threatening this stupid, like, oh, if I die, I got this shit in the bank vault, and it's going to come out, and you're going to be totally screwed if this happens. And do you know what? It never happens. Th- that shit never comes out. I can't think of a single film where that per- the protagonist dies and that stuff comes out. And this one, she never mentions it, but it comes out. So I was like, I was kind of happy to just see that happen in a movie, to be honest. I like that. Yeah, no, that's <clears> true. <throat> uh, seeing it coming out, yeah. It, it is... Yeah, I mean, so I, I I am happy like as a like you you needed that cathartic moment, but that cathartic moment was for the audience, uh, which is kind of like it's kind of interesting. So I mean, like I I did read a couple uh, uh, some few reviews about this uh, film, and you know, a complaint that you do see uh, from some critics is that um, you know. We live the cathartic, cathartic moment, not her, not the victim. So not ne- ne- neither Nina or her actually uh, had that moment. If if anything, you know, like um, in in the film, like, and I'm trying to get the, the I want to attribute the uh, the credits or credits due. I think it's in Robert Ebert, uh, Mary Beth. McAndrew basically uh, states that, you know, they trade the body of two women for maybe getting justice against one man. Uh Uh-huh. No, I mean, I think that's a realistic observation. I don't think that's a real criticism against the ending, though. I mean, that's like a real thing that happens. Right. No, it is true. And I mean, and it is basically pointing out, in a way, it is pointing out, you know, the, the, the... how fucked up our society is mm-hmm. um, and you know like I, I think that's perhaps uh-huh. what's missed by this uh, did I already say the name of the person yeah Mary Beth McAndrews mm-hmm. uh, at Um I think the point of the movie was to point out that you know that even when you see that there is some justice even though you have some cathartic moment at the end of the day this world is not just. Yeah, I mean, like the whole thing that I was talking about earlier was sort of the disparate impacts this has on people. It's like she freaking dies at the end, um, and it's nice to see that some justice is maybe going to happen to some of the characters. Um, but yeah, I mean, it doesn't change the fact that like she is dead. <laughs> yeah, uh, and the word "may" is actually very strong because you could make an argument that Al was acting in self-defense. Yeah, and there's no doubt that he's going to have some very strong lawyers on his side. Uh, And uh, there's going to be a lot going for him uh, in that case. So, I mean, and that's kind of a little bit of a downer when you think about it. Uh, (laughs) It ruins your cathartic moment. Um, The... I mean, that's one the main criticism I've seen, actually, about the movie is... uh, from some from survivors, I did have read like I think McBride as one of them. The other criticism is basically that 
uh, Cassie it was not the victim or it was not this well yeah the victim in this case because uh, the person who was raped actually died uh, Cassie was not the victim and everything she did was on behalf of Nina mm-hmm. however we don't know if that's what Nina would have wanted we don't know if Nina actually would have wanted her best friend to be brutally murdered okay and I, yeah so so to me that's not really a criticism either um I feel like maybe sometimes people project the film that they want to see onto there. We have a ton, oh, yeah. ton of films of uh, the actual rape revenge person. And usually, in like nine times out of ten, it is the person that's the victim that ends up doing it. So I actually thought it was quite refreshing to have the friend of it doing. And they're 100% mm-hmm. right that who knows what Nina would have wanted uh, for uh, Cassie to do. Uh, but that's kind of the point, too, uh, in a way, because it's like... It's literally Nina's mom that tells Cassie to stand down and stop doing this stuff. Uh, so mm-hmm. the point is, it's not healthy for her. Uh, it's not healthy uh, for Nina's mom. It's not. It's probably not healthy for what Nina would have wanted either. Um, but it is. Uh, uh, Cassie still feels compelled uh, to move forward, and I mean, I think that's the great tragedy of it. So for me, I, I, I guess I tend to have more of a positive slant on uh, that angle as well. Right. No. Yeah. For sure. Uh, I. I agree. I think, uh, yeah, especially because, I mean, like, that's that's her way of dealing with her grief. That's her way of mm-hmm. uh, of trying to redeem herself. Uh, and I agree. I mean, I just wanted to point out those criticisms because I, I thought they were interesting. Yeah, um, they are interesting. But, uh, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, this is... I... I Again, I, I think this one what makes this movie great is how it has such a dark and depressing fucking topic, if you will, and put in a way that is so palatable. I guess that could be a criticism. Like maybe this should not be viewed in a palatable way, right? Like this is harsh. Yeah, I mean, <coughs> I th- I think that's where the film largely succeeds, uh, though, is that it does make it very watchable. I mean, I guess that could be a criticism to some too. Uh, but we do have a lot of dark, uh, very realistic, uh, very difficult to rewatch films <laughs> already. And I don't think every film needs to be that. And I don't think this film needs to be that. And uh, I think this film successfully juggles that really dark themes. But it's also something mm-hmm. that I could actually see myself revisiting uh, because I, uh, frankly, enjoyed um, a lot of the aspects. And I thought it had interesting things to say, too, uh, without just being like, I don't know, fucking Henry, a serial preachy. killer or something. Oh, or being preachy as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I do have a big issue with films getting too preachy, uh, and I don't think this film did that at all. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, I think this is definitely a rewatch for me. So. Yeah. Can I ask, uh, did you watch this with your partner? I did. What was, did she like it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um,. So, yeah, I mean, do you have anything else to say yourself? Um, one other thing, uh, I should probably also attribute this to the Final Girls podcast, who did a great podcast on this film, uh, by the way, um, uh, was another observation they made uh, was uh, just sort of on the nature of uh, revenge uh, mm-hmm. here. It's sort of like uh, revenge for her is portrayed as a very unhealthy thing. 
um, and not necessarily very cathartic. Uh, you think about how what happens after each time she does something. It's like after she kidnaps uh, the dean's daughter, uh, quote unquote. It's like she just uh, she wrecks a random guy's car uh, for being a jerk yeah. and stuff like that. So it just shows that this is not like a healthy activity. And I think that is shown uh, throughout the film, like Nina's uh, mom confronting Cassie um, and saying, hey, you need to stop. Uh, this is not healthy for you. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. not, it's not good for you. Um, and uh, and so, yeah, I, I thought that was another interesting thing that the film was saying. Well, yeah, yeah. And, and it, it's, it's basically an addiction. Mm-hmm. Like it's one hundred percent portrayed as an addiction. Like she gets her high at a her short term high at owning the dean, but right after that she's fucking depressed and down on that car. Like she Mm -hmm. cannot even drive, and then she gets her high again on breaking that man's window, but right after she is even more depressed. So I think I I completely agree with you. I think um, it's um, it's very much of almost an addiction uh, and not really something that she's doing for her enjoyment. Yep. Yep, 100%. Well, who won? Uh, I'm going to give it... uh, I'm a sucker for the creators of this, so I'm going to give it to Emerald Fennell. Although I, I would be close to giving it to Carrie Mulligan or maybe even whoever chose the soundtrack, which I guess very well might be Emerald Fennell, too. Yeah. Um, screw it. Yeah, I'm giving it to Emerald Fennell, too. Uh, uh, Carrie Mulligan, very close second. Uh, I mean, amazing, amazing role. I mean, it, 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 if she wins the Oscar, it's completely deserved. Um, but uh, Fennell... And for a debut too, like God damn it, <laughs> so good. Yeah, um, be curious to see what she does next. Yeah, me too. Me too. I, I hope I hope to see more films from her, um, especially because, you know, I mean, subverting the expectations in a good way. Yeah, as well as when it comes to writing. The exposition. I mean, this movie actually has a shit ton of exposition. And I should have brought this earlier. So my bad. But this movie has a crap ton of exposition. However, it's really well done. Like, it's very organic. Like, because many of the events happen in the past. Normally, exposition scenes are boring. Yeah. But here, <clears throat> here they, you know, you, you have... Um, because everything did happen in the past, and she's kind of re-meeting this guy, uh, Ryan, right? And like, it's like, oh, oh, you you being hanging out with him? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, same with, uh, you know, the uh, the character played by, <clears throat> like, um, by Alison Brie. Yeah, Madison. Know, like, yeah, there's no like stupid flashback that's in like uh, slow mo at like a. <laughs> that that shows it instead it accomplishes it i think in a very organic as you said way um and i am not a fan of the stupid flashbacks so good job i'm so i'm not a fan of the stupid flashbacks but normally i'm not a fan of just plain exposition like you know mm-hmm. um or clunky exposition where you just have like hey 
Look at me. Look at us now. I'm now an attorney and you are blah, blah, blah. No, you don't have it like that. Or you're like, oh, yeah, you dropped out of school. I know that. No, it's, it's more like, hey, you know, dude, I, I haven't seen you since med school. What, what, what are you working here? And she's like, oh, at this shit job. And right there, it's already established. She dropped out of med school. He didn't, you know. Right. Uh, so that, that kind of exposition. Yeah. Okay. So you think it does it well. I agree. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. It's like, it's organic. That's what I mean by organic is that it's not just explaining it to you for the audience, but it's, it's like you would see people talking that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It it felt very natural. I mean, parts of this film feel very fairy tale-ish and other parts feel realistic. Uh, For me, it, it was no issue. I thought it pulled it off beautifully. Yeah. All right. Well, to me, this is a rewatch, so I definitely recommend people watching it. Uh, it's in tons of uh, streaming sites. You just have to pay, you know... Six dollars. Six bucks. And that's, uh, <coughs> you know, that's still cheaper than going to the theaters. That's so, true. Yeah, and you can watch it with uh, other people. Exactly. Are we going to rate this? Yep. Uh, I give it a high eight. All right. I'm going uh, to top you there. Uh, I was an eight until uh but i i really like the end so i'm gonna give it a nine um so nine yep nine all right great good okay well there you go it gets a, a nine from uh mr shurgan that's a high level of approval yeah well i gave duckling a nine too so you know going going from uh, quite different films <laughs> what another high level of approval uh all right well there we go Thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can always, uh, if you have any question, any not question, but if you have any, you know, if you want to have any ideas of what to talk about or you want to comment on anything, uh, you can always hit us up on Twitter at ZAFilm to Film. And you can always also email us at ZAFilm to Film at gmail.com. There we go. All right. Good night. Yeah.